Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language and so glorify God. Let's begin. Little disclaimer before we get started here. This is the last episode of season two. Um which has been an amazing and wonderful season. And I'm so excited um, about all the people I've gotten to chat with. So if you've missed any episodes, please go back and listen up. And the next season will start, uh, the plan right now is for it to start in October, but we are expecting another little Schlegel mid-July. So hopefully, that's not true, end of July. I'm just hoping for mid-July. Um, so the um, we will be back in October, so please, um, share with your friends in the meantime, and subscribe to my email list at lindsayschlegel.com to get more information and updates. On to today's show, which I am thrilled about. My guest today is the beautiful Mary Lenneberg. Mary, thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for having me, Miss Lindsay. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to chat with you. And you've picked a quote from um, St. Francis de Sales, who we were just talking about is the patron saint of writers. Which I was unaware of until you told me that. So I was like learning. Right? You learn something new every day, so you can check that box. You're all (laughs) you feel free to learn more, but you don't have to. There you go. I'm I'm good. I'm good today. That's good. Done. So introduction to the devout life, which we are both in the middle of, and which both of us um it was recommended to both of us by our spiritual directors. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. And our quote is, do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting father who cares for you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Amen. Amen, right? Well, <laughs> sorry. Yes, amen. <laughs> the end. The end. <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, this book is full of pearls of wisdom and gems. What, what made this piece stick out to you? 
it's really the second line. Um, you know, if he's going to allow the suffering in your life, he is going to provide ever, just ever, all the graces, everything that you need to walk through that suffering. And um, it really speaks, the whole quote speaks to um, my time as being a caregiver for my daughter, Courtney, who had profound uh, disabilities and was with me for 22 years. And it just really speaks to that, that's such a formative time in my life, those, yeah. those two decades with her. Um, you never, she, she had a seizure disorder, so she would have seizures every day and sometimes she would stop breathing. And so you never really thought about tomorrow. You were totally focused on what today was, what it could be, um, what you wanted it to be and what God allowed it to be. And so it was a very simple way of living. It was not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a very simple way of living. And she's been home with the Lord now for five years. And it's the one thing, well, I struggle with many things, but particularly with staying in the present moment to stop worrying about tomorrow and staying present today. And she was so good at being a physical reminder of that, that now I don't have that physical reminder. So I struggle with it because I struggled with it a lot before she was born. And then I just kind of had this beautiful um, two decades of that. There was no struggle there. It was just like, you just got to do today. Right. And now that, you know, you don't have that. It's just, it reminds me so much of my life with her and the gift of her. Um, that just keeps to, you know, keeps coming back in my mind and in my life over and over again. Just stay in today. And if it gets hard, don't worry. Don't freak out. Don't be afraid because he's going to give you everything you need to walk through it. Right. Absolutely. But it's hard to see that in the moment. Oh, sure. Crisis is what crisis does, right? You know, um, sure. you just, you're, 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 we start grasping. Um, in crisis, um, sometimes instead of taking a breath and just abiding in the moment and saying, okay, what actually has to be done? Um, what is the most important thing to be done? What does God need me to do in this moment? Um, we start, you know, our, our minds start rolling in 25 million directions as to what can be done. And if you're like me, I tend to get overwhelmed with too many decisions at one time. Um, like in a crisis, I'm very good. Like I see the need, I answer the need and we move on. But like in everyday life, if you say, yeah. Mary, here are your five things you can eat for lunch. I will look at those five things and go, uh, no, no. Oh, crud. I only have three left. Uh, <laughs> and it'll take me like 15 minutes to decide what I'm going to do. So um, now I know why I used to give my son only two choices because he and I are very similar. Like <laughs> you can do this one or you can do this one. And he was happy to have the choice. And so yeah. my husband laughs at me all the time. He goes, giving you choices is like giving Jonathan choices in preschool. I said, yes, let's just <laughs> stay there. I'm good with that. No, for sure. There are days when, you know, we're deciding maybe we're going to eat out for dinner or something. And I'm like, John, just I will eat literally whatever you put in front of me. I trust you. Just put something in front of me and I will consume it. But I can't. You just can't yeah. sometimes. Sometimes those little decisions are, yeah, are harder they're to make. Hard. Yeah, they're hard. Harder than you think they should be. <laughs> right. But maybe sometimes we're giving them more weight than they need to. True. Very true. You know, like which are the things that you know, I can eat. I just need to eat lunch maybe and move on to the next thing and see what God has for me next. Yeah. I think um, sometimes the decision making can be a, almost a distraction. Yeah. Like if I spend so much time on the decision, there's much less time to spend on the action. And God really needs you in the action. 
Right. So, um, I'm, I've been really working on that for the last, really the last two years. Um, when I was writing the book, be brave and the scared. And now since it's been out now for nine months, um, just working, working through that, like get into the action right. and stop worrying about whether or not it's going to fail or it's going to succeed. That's God's decision to make. If you feel, you know, through prayer and discernment that this is what you should do, then do it. Right. But so much of that, I think, comes back to do we really trust God and do we really trust our own discernment of those things? I think sometimes you think, you know, like if God just put a decision in front of me and said, like, it's this or this, make your choice, you know, or or just said when the times when he just says here, this is what has to be done. It's easier to do it. But but that discernment and figuring out where he's calling us, I think sometimes well, we aren't confident yeah, that, he's, that, we, that we're hearing him. Yeah, it's all, and that's where that daily prayer and relationship becomes paramount. I mean, seriously, if we don't know the voice of God in our own life, then how can you ever trust him? You're not going to know what he sounds like. You're not going to know um, how he speaks to you. Um, you're not going to know, you know, he speaks through all things. He speaks through other people. He speaks through music. He speaks through poetry. He speaks through a movie. He speaks through... Um, you know, your neighbor two blocks over, your mother. I mean, he speaks through all yeah. of that, and but mostly he speaks through Holy Scripture. And so if you're not in, you know, in relationship with him, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not um, going and partaking of the sacraments as a Roman Catholic, that's what we do, then, then how are you going to know, oh, hey, this is it. This is what right. he wants me to do. You know, because I'll enter into prayer and I'll be like, Lord, I really need an answer on this X, Y, Z. And then I'll start reading like the scripture of the day and there'll be a line or a word and I'll be like, okay, thank you. Right. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. But I think we have to be careful too, that if we haven't formed that relationship or if we've let that relationship kind of fall by the wayside, then mm -hmm. we can start looking for signs of things that maybe are just going to appease the things that we desire. Or, you know, like when you, when you have that yeah. kind of prayer where you're like, God, here's what I'm thinking looking for your stamp of approval, let me know by end of the day. Thanks. Like well, the, um, you know, work. being true missionary disciples, you know, like, cause we're in that relationship and we know what his voice sounds like compared yeah. to just being the people that were following him for the signs and wonders. Right. Like, right. You know, who are you? Are you in it because you understand it and you're, and you know who you are in God and who he is in you, or are you in it just for the signs and wonders? Wonders. Are you in right. it for the big show? And right. I think we've all been one of those two people our whole lives, you know, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think not. Le I think the times that we kind of slip into those, maybe the times that we've neglected the relationship, or when God feels farther away, and not not getting caught up in that and thinking, oh, d God doesn't want to hear from me anymore because I let him kind of slip away, or I did my own thing for a little too long, and I lost his voice, and now I don't think he wants to hear from me anymore, which is just totally not true, but. Totally not true. I mean, you have to it's, remember the story of the prodigal son. Sometimes, though. Yeah. Well, no, it de I mean, it's, it's, it's not true, but it definitely happens, you know. But then you go, again, like, I'll go back to the story of the prodigal son. Here is the one that walked away, like, demanded his inheritance, basically wished his father was dead. Give me the money. I'm leaving. And he goes out and he does his own thing. And then what does his father do when he comes home? In complete shame and complete, you know, mm -hmm. poverty. His father opens wide his arms and said, oh, it is good that you're here. You know, I mean, welcome home. Here's the ring and the slippers and the robe. And we got the, you know, the choice beef for you and, and all of this sort of thing. That's how God the Father is with us. He's so generous and so over the top that sometimes we don't feel like we're worth that. 
So therefore, we're not going to ask for that. Right. And it takes a big dose of courage, which is what I loved the most about Be Brave and the Scared, which I read in like record time and would have read faster if I had not been on a train that got to its destination. And I'm like crying on the train like, no, I'm cool. It's fine. Totally fine. Um, But that was a huge part of Be Brave and the Scared is that courage of being able to turn back to the father um, when things got hard, whether it's from from sin and from just the circumstances of life being so challenging sometimes and saying, I can't do this by myself and I don't want to. I want you to be part of it. Yeah. In the beginning of that journey, it was really just um, it was a desperation. I mean, it was total desperation. There wasn't a ton of trust there. Um, there was the general knowledge that God is God and I'm not. And this is what I've been taught my whole life. This is what my parents believe. This is what my brothers and sisters believe. This is what my grandmothers, you know, believed. And, and so if they believed it and I, and I've been quote unquote living it for all of these years, then I'll try, you know? And so I did. And then what that opened up in that one moment was, oh, wow, he really is here. But then you kind of, you know, you, you take it all back again. You're like, oh, okay, I'm good. Thanks. You got me through the crisis. I appreciate that. You're good. You do your thing. I'll do mine. And then something else happens and you're like, he just kind of broke me down. He allowed me to be broken down. He didn't break me down. He allowed um, my sin and my life and my choices to break me down to the point where I was flat on my face and I literally just raised my arm and said, please, I can't, I cannot do it. I can't, I can't fix it. I can't fix my daughter. I can't fix my marriage. I can't fix my son. I don't even know if we're supposed to be fixed or if we're just supposed to live broken. Um, but I can't even breathe anymore. So if you don't come in here and do something really radical, um, I don't know how this story is going to end, but I don't think it's going to be good. And, you know, he just kept showing up. The, yeah. the one thing I know about God, if I know nothing else, it is that he is faithful and that he remains in all things. He never, ever once turned his face from us. Never once. Not no matter what, no matter if we're in the pits of hell and totally engaging in sinful behavior of the worst kind, God is weeping out the door saying, please just let me in. Please. I'm right here. Just let me love you. We'll, we'll figure it out together. Let me help you. Let me heal you. Let me, um, encourage you. Let me walk with you. I love you so much. Just don't shut me out. Yeah. And you're yes to that. You're okay. Yeah. I will let you into these things. I want you to be here. The abundance of what he has done in your life and through your ministry is I don't even have a word for it. Like, it's just beautiful and so powerful um, and just like courageous. Like you have so much, you are so brave. And I am, I think that's a a virtue that we don't honor as much as we should, probably because we don't see it very often anymore. People being brave and having courage because it takes a lot of humility to do that. And that's not really um, culturally um, smiled upon these days. Yeah. It's funny, even thinking I, about it. It's not even that people are like, Oh, it's so lame to be courageous. People just aren't even thinking that it's a possibility. Right. Well, and you said the word humility, which I, I don't think of myself as a humble person at all. I have, you know, I have the same ego as Beyonce. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, the thing about it is that, um, 
I know his voice. And so when I start grasping for things that are not mine and I start striving for things that he doesn't necessarily feel I need to have right at this moment, that's when it all falls apart. And so it's really that submission to him. And that's what I learned in this whole journey with Courtney and with my marriage. When I submitted to him and when I said to him, I surrender it all, I surrender it all. Just tell me what to, you know, just give me the next step. Just put the light where my foot's supposed to go. And um, if you need me to walk in the dark for a while and really trust you blindfold, then I'll do it. Um, and I did. And I and I continue to. And as far as his generosity, I when I sign my books at any event that I'm at these days, I put Ephesians 3, 2021 in there. And that is basically the generosity of God can never be outdone for those who love him. That's just a little, you know, paraphrasing. Um, and that's what my life is. My life is the generosity of God that is, can never be outdone. We are all asked to go through very hard things. We are all asked to suffer, but what I have learned is God will never ask you to do more than he did himself. Yeah. And that's a lot, you know, it's a lot on a cross. Yeah. He struck 5,481 times. I mean, the man, loved us so much that he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew what was coming and he still chose us. And so I get scared and I start grasping again and I start striving again. And I, I think God needs me to do this, or I think I want to do this and come on, God, get with my plan. Right. And then he just kind of allows it all to fall apart and it's very humiliating and it's very humbling. And you're just like, all right, abide, don't strive, you know, Stop grasping. You're Mary. You're not Eve. You know, um, be here, be present. And he has done amazing, amazing things. Um, I remember Bishop Barron once saying that love demands a cost. You know, it demands a cost. And every time I share our story, depending on if it's Courtney's story or the story of our family or the story of my marriage or my own redemption, um, it demands something of me. I, I, there's a cost to be paid. And God works in that, you know, because there have been women and men and families that have been brought back to the church that have sought healing, that have sought reconciliation, that um, have been able to speak things that have held, held them in captive for decades. And they can speak it out and say, I no longer want to carry this. And God is, has taken that from them and healed them. And so I know that... Um, as long as I keep my eyes on him, as long as I stay um, humble, as long as I stay like Joan of Arc, you know, she had her hands out and she said, you know, we must call upon the lion of the Lord. You know, this is going to be hard, we, but we, the lion of Judah is there. And so let's roar together. Let's go. Let's do. Uh, that's the one of the things I love is, you know. The idea of praying like a girl, of living your life like a girl. Everybody always used to be like, oh, you throw like a girl. You do this like a girl. No, no, sister. I am a woman, the pinnacle of creation. I am um, God's chosen, God's beloved. And when you pray like a girl, when you fight like a girl, think of the women that you were calling upon. Joan of Arc, Our Lady, who stood on Satan's head. I mean, yeah, okay, I'll fight like a girl. I'm good with that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Oh my gosh, Mary. Um, your generosity and God's generosity are extending even further because you have another book coming out next 
February. So we have just a minute more, but can you tell us about Own It so you can rock it? Thank you. Well, I hope that that's the final title. You never know what happens in never this Never know. Until <laughs> that cover is printed. Exactly. So this is a book that's been on my heart for a really long time. It's a it's a wider scope than Be Brave and the Scared, which is my own um, basically spiritual memoir. This is a book on identity. It's a book on owning who we are in God and who God is in us as women, as men, as children of God, um, you know, owning our past sin, our past shame. And the idea that God never wastes anything. He works through all of it to bring us to this place uh, where he needs us to be so that we can go and do the work that he has for us. So it's just about being seen, known, and loved um, and belonging to him so that we can step out in mission and do the mission that we have been given. Because if we don't do our mission, it's so unique and so individual, no one else will do our mission. It's ours to do. So I'm really excited about finishing it up and seeing what the world does with it. So I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. Thank you. I am too. Now I just got to finish writing it. That's just a little okay. thing, but it's all right. It'll be fine. If the sales is with me. We'll do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Mary, thank you so much for being on today. I really love chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. It's always a pleasure. Friends, to suggest a quote or a guest, you can follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, which is October, God bless you. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Have you ever been put on the spot and asked to explain or defend Catholic teaching on sensitive topics such as abortion, same-sex marriage, or the Eucharist? What to Say and How to Say It is a straightforward and practical resource by Brandon Vogt, best-selling and award-winning author of Why I Am Catholic and You Should Be Too. He offers essential tools for articulating even the most contentious aspects of your Catholic faith with clarity and confidence. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code TALKFAITH to get 25% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.